Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. This is a Bandit Radio production. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Hey guys, welcome back to Case of the Mondays. This is Matt from One Team, One Podcast. I want to come to you every Monday. Um, I'm known as the uh, Debbie Downer of the group, and um, I want to uh, give you my thoughts on Monday. Exactly, and that's what it'll sound like. Um, I'm gonna, but I'm gonna switch it up a little bit. Last week, I was told I was way too negative. Um, which I can be. I'm very. Uh, I can be a very pessimistic uh, LSU fan. I've seen some bad times, um, and I'm seeing some bad times again. <laughs> so, what I'm going to do is tell you the positives that I saw from the Texas A&M game. I'm going to start with the positives, and it probably won't take very long. Um, but first, I wanted. To, I, w- I want to give kudos to the defense. Uh, I've been shitting on the defense for for months now. Um, you know. They, they didn't know how to play man-to-man. They didn't know how to play zone. Um, you got guys pointing at each other. Uh, well, finally, it looks like they came together. Um, and I just we actually just tweeted this. Um, they've had 20, 24 out of 26 drives. They've had stops in the last two games. Um, that's, that's very impressive. And I don't care who you're playing. Um, if it's SEC teams, that's, that's a good stat. But I understand that they were playing Arkansas and then they played A&M. I just liked that they were playing an aggressive man-to-man defense. Um, I love the fact that um, they made Kellen Mond look bad, which they should. Um, I've been tired of seeing LSU um, make average quarterbacks look fantastic all year. Uh, K.J. Costello's first, you know, one on the off the off the list there, but made made Kellen Mond look average and like he should be. Um, and it, I, it was all about aggressive man to man defense. Um, I loved Stingley. I loved Cordell Flott in this game. Um, and then also um, Jabril Cox. This is one of his best games I saw I saw all year out of him. I mean, he was just playing aggressive man to man. When they said he could play nickel, yeah, he could play nickel if, if we needed him to. Um, I thought those three guys right there just locking up guys, I thought that made a huge difference. We still didn't get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Um, I would have liked to see a little bit more of that, but I did see a few blitzes, uh, some blitz packages that I've been waiting all year for. And, you know, I just don't know how much of this is that we were playing Arkansas and Texas A&M, and then we matched up better. I, I don't know. Um, but I, regardless, I, I think – Holding the number five team in the country to 13 points is a good thing. Um, so I'm, I'm going to throw some bouquets out to the defense. Um, all right, I'll switch to the offense. Positives, all right? So not very many, but a very young roster that's getting, like, huge experience on the road. Um, I can't, you can't discount that. And, you know, playing against a really good – that was a good defense we were playing. Um I also thought Max Johnson looked okay at the end of the game. I thought he looked a little bit more poised. Um, you know, 
Oh, man. Um, let's, let's go ahead and switch to the negatives. We're at four minutes in, and we're going to switch to the negatives. Um, negatives. Our offensive line. I don't know what was going on. Um, they didn't know what to do. Um, I saw – and all right, Dari Rosenthal getting beat like a drum. Um, Austin Deculus getting beat like a drum. Um, I saw twists that guys didn't know who they were picking up. Um, and obviously makes it really tough on a, a freshman quarterback uh, not being able to have a lot of time. Um, it was really disappointing to watch. Um, this The offensive scheme – in this game was complete garbage. Um, I didn't. I. I don't understand. And I, I've. I've said this before. Like, yeah, you won the Arkansas game that way, running time, time of possession, running the ball, all that stuff. You're not going to be able to win these next four games this way. You can't do it. Um, you're not going to be able to run the ball against Texas A&M, not with consistency. Now, what you can do is try to throw, and open up the run off of your passing game um what i'm not seeing and i understand there wasn't a lot of pressure but you got to try you have to like do some double moves do do something down the field these slants and outs with eric gilbert like five yard outs that's all i saw him do all night long let's stretch the field you have to stretch the field and yeah, they're gonna blitz you, and they're gonna they're gonna do all that stuff to to hurt you. But if you start hitting some of these plays down the field, that's gonna open things up. They're gonna be a little bit more conservative. That's gonna open up your run game. I I don't understand this. This game offensively reminded me of the 2018 Alabama game. We lost 29 to nothing. I think we had like 160 yards or something like that total offense. Couldn't do anything. All we were doing was trying to make we were trying not to lose bad um and that's what it looked like we were doing in this game too we were just trying to avoid it getting getting blown out um and honestly your defense played fantastic so it, it's just such a shame to see your defense finally given the effort that they need to give and your offense can't do anything um i i like we i've been hearing excuses after excuses and I'll, i'm gonna get to those in a second but all right so on my list here, um, Mike Elko, the defensive coordinator at Texas A&M, um, I wrote he looked he looked like Bill Parcells out there um, against this offensive scheme. Um, that was the eighty the eighty five Bears uh, against us. That's how bad we were. Um, we couldn't do anything. Um, the only thing that we did do well there was a few times that T.J. Finley had a second to throw the ball and he stepped up in the pocket and maybe there was a crossing route or something like that. And you have wide receivers that are still being able to get open. Um, you know, if you have guys blitzing and you end up picking up a blitz, you just have to take your chances. And that's what I don't like. I don't like when the team doesn't even try to do things to get the ball down the field and score points. You have to score points. I mean, you have to. Um, that's... Like, I'm telling you, that, that was the 2018 Alabama game all over again. You have to try to score. They're going to score on you, so you have to score more. Like, I, I don't understand that game plan at all. And from where we've been with that offense that we had last year, this is like night and day compared to that. And I get that personnel is different. I understand all that. But come on. Like, this is 
we're, we've regressed to a large level scheme-wise. Um, all right, now I'll, I'll get to this. Um, Ed Ogeron getting on TJ Finley. Um, it was concerning to me, and I'll tell you why. Um, it's not that, you know, I played football. Uh, I've had coaches grab my face mask, and I've had them push me into the sleds. I've had them all do all that kind of stuff in the past. So that, uh, I'm not concerned about getting in a kid's face. What I'm concerned about is um, that play in particular where T.J. Finley threw it up. Um, did you watch number 51, your left tackle, uh, completely whiff on a guy? And so T.J. Finley's running off the field, and Ed Ogeron goes up to T.J. Finley and gets on him. I want to see him get on Dari Rosenthal instead. I want to see that uh, because that's garbage. And to leave your freshman quarterback, true freshman, high and dry to make a mistake like that. I'm, I'm more accepting of that mistake than I am the left tackles mistake. And I think there needs to be, if you're going to single people out like that, I, I, first of all, I don't, I don't know if that's the right message to send to this team. It's a very fragile team to begin with, but I think you need to get on the other guy. The other guy who's been suspended earlier in the year, probably for smoking weed, and now he's coming back and missing blocks like crazy and leaving your freshman to make up make mistakes. Get on that guy. Um, that's what I was concerned about. Um, I think there is an issue with this team not playing well and playing with effort, and I think that's a little bit to do with it. I think I don't know if we're picking and choosing when we want to talk to guys and when we want to get on them. Um, o lost his cool on that one, and I thought he lost his cool on the wrong guy. That's why. Um, okay, so let's get to – after the game, we lose 20-7, obviously. We had a backdoor cover by Max Johnson, by the way. Um, Terrence Marshall uh, opts out on Sunday morning. And we had told you, uh, if you'd follow us on Twitter, you know, we had heard this on Friday, I believe, is when we got a text saying, hey, Terrence Marshall's going to opt out after the game. We just didn't know exactly when, um, but we tried not to blast that out everywhere. But uh, we had heard the rumor. And um, today on Coach O's press conference, he says he didn't know that Terrace Marshall was opting out and didn't know anything about it until Sunday morning when he opted out. That is a load of crap. Um, for him to say that is ridiculous. Like, you're, you're, big, you're big time on, like, honesty and being open with the program and all that. Well, don't lie about this. Like, if you didn't lie about this, that's a problem. Why do you not know? Um, everybody else kind of knew. Uh, it's been talked about quite a bit. Um, so th that was an issue that I saw today. Um, and I've, I've heard a lot of people talking about this, and I got into a couple of uh, Twitter um, conversations, I would say. Not not really arguments, but like just good, good debate on this. Uh, and actually on Facebook as, as well. Um, the roster management... Um, and I heard this on the radio, too, and I'm glad they, they brought this up. Uh, rost the roster management of this program is awful, awful. And we start talking about – and what I was – I was kind of I, – I referenced a tweet by um, Derry Beckwith, who we've had on the program a couple of times, and he had a tweet about, you know, what he's noticing this year. And Derry's very, like – I mean – uh, to me, he's so thoughtful with the way he says things. Um, he said that um, what he's noticed in COVID um, this season is that there are certain teams that 
are able to deal with opt-outs, rescheduling games, um, roster issues. And then there's some teams that aren't able to do that. Um, and he didn't reference LSU. Obviously, he played at LSU, but he didn't reference LSU. But he was basically saying there's some teams that are able to sustain success, and then there's some teams that just have success sometimes. And I think it can relate to LSU because obviously you just had the greatest season of all time last year, and now here we are, like three and four with number one Alabama, um, number three uh, Florida, Ole Miss who can score a ton. Uh, We can end up being three and seven, which would be a huge downfall for this for this program um so what I was basically saying is how did we get to this point um and all I've heard all year and they're starting to sound like excuses and I understand them all um I understand that we had so many guys drafted and it was like a record all the stuff I get it all um what I don't like is there's a list of guys, in my opinion, that you mismanaged. Um, and what I what I was referencing with Derry Beckwith's tweet is you got guys at Ohio State that are still there. You got guys at Clemson that are still there. You got guys, obviously, at Alabama that are still there that could opt out or they could have opted out earlier in the year. Uh, they could have pulled a Jamar Chase and left. Um, what's going on at LSU? Why does that happen here? Why do you have guys that leave early? Um, let's take Kerry Vincent. Why why is Kerry Vincent opting out and declaring? Like he could opt out and then just come back next year. Why is he declaring for the draft? Why um I mean obvi- I'm not I'm not even gonna talk about Jamar Chase because he it's an obvious he's number five top five pick. But you know, Justin Fields could opt out. Trevor Lawrence could opt out. I understand they're playing. They want to play for championships. Ohio State might not even be able to play for the Big Ten championship. They didn't even know if they were going to play football. He could have opted out, but he didn't. They're managing their roster. They're managing these guys. They're talking to them. You know, I don't know what's missing at LSU, but I can tell you, like, why did Thad Moss leave early? And I understand we got Eric Gilbert, but why did? It's just in general, he didn't get picked in the draft. Why wouldn't he stay? Does he not like school? Like, what's going on? There's something there. Um, Jacob Phillips. Why didn't Jacob Jacob Phillips got picked, what, fourth, fifth round? I understand he's a good player, and he can make the team and all that, but, like, he couldn't improve his draft stock by staying one more year? Are they seeing the writing on the wall? Did they just want to leave? I don't – that's what I don't understand, and you have to, you have to give some criticism towards this – towards the staff for keeping these guys here. Um, Marcel Brooks, uh, Tyler Shelvin, Apu Aika, um, Jacob Phillips, Kerry Vincent. How good how, – would your defense be better? Absolutely they would. Um, so what's going on there? Uh, I think there's some serious questions that need to be raised. Um, obviously the offense and the defense uh, – the defense, they're playing better. Um I just it's going to be brutal next couple of weeks, unfortunately. Um, you're going to have to have some realistic expectations, but I think changes need to be made across the board. 
Um, offensively, you have to make changes. Um, you have to you have to get with the times a little bit on what you're doing. And I, I'm sorry, you just regressed so bad. Um, that's all I got today, guys. <laughs> um, so, again, it's case of the Mondays. Um, we will come back with you on Wednesday. Uh, we're going to do another uh, One Team, One Podcast episode. I'm going to try to get uh, Brandon Taylor on the, on the podcast. I'm going to reach out to him. Um, give you some good, like, you know, he's just, he's very passionate about this, obviously being an LSU Tiger. Um, but I think he could probably give a little bit more insight. We've heard from Derry Beckwith on this too, but I want to know what's going on inside of the program. Um, because it, we can all see, and we should all be able to admit at this point that there's something wrong. Um, and it's okay. And we're all LSU fans and we should be able to, to say that. So, Again, case of the Mondays. Check us out on um, on Twitter. I'm going to post this episode and then uh, post it on Facebook as well. One Team One Podcast, and it's One Team One Pod on Twitter. Um, and we will see you guys next Wednesday. And talk to you later. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Feels good.